0: in my life.
2: Sem Just the time he gives us Get to the top if you can This is the challenge of man Yes, you might fall and tumble down Sometimes that happens when you dare Knowing you, my child you pick yourself up, start again from there Keep climbing, don't let nothing stand in your way Keep believing, pay no attention to what they say, oh got what it takes now don't forget.
3: Saw
4: some
2: car. I would do my Oh, I my car.
4: Tielanu. <laughs> oh, that of
3: sin club hey love oh sin
4: Savikar,
3: my saw a rab, 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 a rab,
1: a rab, a
4: the same flowers and puts us on the...
2: So he oh, Je nooit zecht Israël Israël, maak tot in vuur en holle jager. Je nooit zecht oy Israël Israël, maak tot in vuur en holle jager. Israël Israël, Israël
1: JM in the AM, Thursday morning broadcast on this August the 22nd, day 21 in the month of Menachemav, the year 5779. Tavshin and Mazal tov to those who are completing Maseches Tamura, those who are starting Maseches Krisis tomorrow as Dafyomi continues to progress really nicely. <laughs> uh, spoken like a true individual who has not been studying the Dafiomi. David Gabe with Matovu. You heard La Yehudim done by the Rabbi's sons. Udi Davidis, is like Holzman Keladon. That's the Werdigers. Avremo had keep climbing. Yehuda with words. We're going to start saying uh, on a regular basis a few days from now. That's Kaveh from the David Hashem Ori, and of course Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Thursday. JM in the AM with 76 degrees, 84 percent humidity. Winds are southwest at four miles an hour. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 89. Then tonight, scattered thunderstorms and a low of 68. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature 79 degrees. We're at 85 right now in Yerushalayim, 76 here in New York City, where yesterday, again, toward the end of the day, a massive thunderstorm. Um, flood-like conditions almost immediately in a lot of areas. Hope everyone's doing all right and that you're safe and have power wherever you are. And here we are on a Thursday getting set for an interesting JM and in the AM episode. We've got Rabbi Yisrael Besser. He's author of the book, The Reba: The Life, Leadership, and Legacy of Rabbi Mishulam Feish Halevi Lowy. And we get to speak to Rabbi Besser coming up here at JM and the AM at about 7.40 this morning. You can go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com. You can utilize the um, promo code TUSH, T O S H, to receive free shipping. Um so I want to make sure I have that straight in terms of the uh, in terms of that offer. Well we'll make sure we have it straight and um and uh, and we look forward to that conversation. It should be very, very interesting. To say the least, <laughs> a very, very interesting interview coming up uh, regarding the Tasha and the brand new book. So we'll have that for you coming up here at JM and the AM. Thursday morning at 6.30 in the morning as we continue, um, we go to uh, this selection from Ellie Marcus at JM in the AM.
5: Kodish Baruch Hu Klimach Hizik Bruch Hu Lohim Hatzoh Kodish Baruch Hu Klimach Hizik Bruch Hu Machzik Bruch Hu Le Yisrohe
2: Machzik Deyroch Hu Le Yisrohe Elo 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 HaSholoi Lohim Hatzoh Kodish Baruch Hu Klimach Hizik
5: Bruch i to go
2: Elo i Lo a Zikraha, baruchu you must ask all this for a food.
5: Mato Morzen, loyello, le dejó, le dejó Mato Moro, mato more, le dejó, le dejó, lo le dejo, mato le le The lo is the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord,
2: the Lord,
6: So babe. So how?
2: yeah hallelujah it say myself it ain my, shame. Shame my shame. yeah hallelujah. She will
1: That's Ohad and America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the World the Web and and the Network and, of course, in the beloved NSN app. Isaac B. Tone in there with Light in the Darkness. Benny Friedman had Light. Shlomo Katz with Libub Surrey. The Bechol Przezanski, the Tav Ovid, Yidol Hadleva Echad, and Eli Marcus with Kaylee Machzik here at JMNM. <laughs> Galay Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Bokert Tohu from JMNM.
7: Galay Tzal, Miroshelein, a Shalom, Rav. Kahn, Rani Ovenai, is what's going Bechirot 2019. Beshear Zon, in Shakh, the Bouta, the Majority of the World War, the discussion of the joint release of the يروق غاشي لدي عثمانيه יהודית ومفلقه الليكود מחוץ خوض الاعلام يرشم ايمات بين خفر אחמד تيبي لبن في ימין يمين تكلمي بعيناي معلل شهدين شنو تقولين غير بوشه بخرفه ما تعرفك نتن معلل עבד הכנסת איידה תומס לימן, מהרשימה המשותפת מגיבה על של ראש המפלגה איימן עוד דה ואומרת לגל גבי ואיפית בן אברהם בגלי צהל, בהתנאים הקיימים אין סיכוי שנשב בממשלה בראשות בני גנץ.
8: אנחנו לא רואים אפשרות לחבור לפני שהיא מסיימת את הכיבוש. רצו מיד מכחול לבן להציע שהם לא מוכנים. אז על מה אנחנו מדברים?
7: دي برو على الخلون مسيام الخلون ما زي متنطط كي هم 16 תוותינו מוריה אסף
9: על פי כתב אישום הנאשם פגש בקטינה בת 16 ירושלים ביפו הוא התקרב אליה כשהוא חשמליים ואחס בה בכוח המצלוננת ולנסות אותו את ההינוס, הצילו עובר קטין גם הוא הבחין במעשה ורק אז נמלט הנאשם
7: ראש המועצה האזורית על קסום שבנגב המזרחי מאיים אם לא ייפטר משבר תקצוב מוסדות החינוך, בכפרים הבילתי מוקרים כתבו נורה משנה יום ראש את של שנת הלימודים בקופת המועצה מוסדות החינוך שבה המועצה מיליון שקלים שתקבל כספי החינוך כי רבים מוסדות החינוך דיונים בין ולאחר בגרת קיץ ארוכה, בשבת יפתח העונה החדשה של ליגת העל בחדורגל. ארץ חלפון, יושב ראש מנהלת הליגות לחדורגל סיפר עלי דן ובוני גינסבורג, בקרוב נבחן שינוי במבנה הליגות. הנושא של מבנה הליגות, זה אנחנו נתמקד החל מהשנה הקרובה, כי יש לכאן ויש לכאן. יש כאלה שחושבים שאם הליגה תצמצם היא תהיה יותר מרתקת יש כאלה שחושבים שאם הליגה תגדל זה יותר הרי שעשר שעשר זה מעט מדי כי בסוף בליגה תעל תצליח עדיין לתת לקבוצות נוספות לבוא ולשחק אבל אני חושב שהמבנה שאתה דיברת עליו על שלוש ליגות ראשונות בסופו של דבר זה מתשיכות בכדורגל הישראלי מזג האוויר למחל יהיה נוספת בטמפרטור תיעשה חם ויאבש בערים ובפנים הארץ ולח מאוד בחוף אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
8: The shadows are calling, catch them, touch them. Banana, When the day feels
4: like
8: night, anything go right feels like there's no way to turn Although life seems so unfair, don't give them to despair.
2: b sidran ilo arsham ki hashem ma amin shi And I let things play out in a godly way. My little human eyes just don't get the picture here. I got no reason to fear. I got no reason to fear.
1: J.M. in the A.M. It's Mordechai Shapiro, me Shamayim, from his brand-new album by the very same name. Before that, you heard Nashua Kessen, Lo Lehit Thursday morning broadcast at 13 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning. We're here in New York speaking to you around the world and getting ready for a big interview as uh, Rabbi Yisrael Besser is expected in studio here at J.M. in the A.M. Art scrolls out with a brand-new book called The Tusha Rebbe. The Life, Leadership, and Legacy of Rabbi Mishulam Faish Halevi Lowy. Yisrael Besser is the author, and we get to speak with him live in studio coming up here at JMN. We will Facebook Live the conversation, you'll be able to see it as it's happening. The book is called The Tushareba. There is a special promo code that has been designated for our listeners for today. Uh, when you go to artscroll.com and order the Tushareba book, if you uh, use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, you get free shipping on your order. If you use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, today, Thursday, uh, you get free shipping on your order. Keep that in mind as you want to make sure to have the brand-new book in your home uh, so you could read it ASAP. It just came out. We've got it. Very, very fascinating, and I get to discuss it with Israel Bester later this morning at about 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. Don't forget, weekly update tomorrow. Malcolm Homeline will join me at about 7.40 Eastern time tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM.
2: I'm a kol bit of a little bit of a of of Matemki kidoishim imatem matematé, imatem kidoishim imatem 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 mi imatem 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 matemate, male male imatem imatem kidoishim imatem 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 male kidoishim male 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 Male, 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 mi matematem I'm a i Male, 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 Mathe, 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 mi Mathe, Mathe, mi Mathe, 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 Male, male Mathe, Mathe, Male, male, Mathe, 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 Mathe,
1: J.M. and the AM, at uh, Benny Friedman with Malani Marabu done by uh, David Lowy here at J.M. in the AM. Um, coming up in just a few minutes, uh, Yisrael Besser is going to be in our studio here at J.M. in the AM. The brand new book is called The Tasha Rebbe, The Life, Leadership, and Legacy of our Mishulam Faish Halevi Lowy. And uh, our friends at Art Scroll have designated a special promo code for today for our listeners, meaning if you order the... Uh, The Tushareba book at artscroll.com. Utilize the um, promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, and you'll be receiving free shipping on that order. TUSH, T-O-S-H, at artscroll.com for the brand new book. That is good for today. Listener Morris points out something that I'm sure is 100% accurate. He says that last night at East Synagogue was amazing. All the great performers, plus a special greeting from Dina Solomon it was heartwarming. We missed you. Oh, well, I missed it as well. Would love to have been there for the Kalbach Moshev benefit concert at Parky Synagogue. It does, I knew it would be amazing. I knew it would be a great concert. And I saw in the end Eitan Katz was there. Oneik Shemesh was there in addition to the announced lineup. Must have been really, really cool. So I hope they raised a lot of good money for the Moshev. And to those of you who never heard our show from Israel with Nachman Solomon, which was the Wednesday of uh, the most recent trip, not the most recent Nefesh-Benefesh trip, but the one before that, I suggest you go to the archives and check it out. It was really a very interesting and fascinating conversation about life on the Moshav and, of course, the uh, details of, of this horrific episode that occurred. Thursday morning broadcast, JMNAM, congratulations and mazal tov to those who are uh, wrapping up Masekhaz Tamura in Nadaf Yomi and starting Krisos tomorrow. As Dafyomi rolls on, we're just a few months away from the big sea of Mishas. Coming up in January, partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 89. A reminder that tomorrow, Malcolm Honline will join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. And he will join us for the weekly update tomorrow morning here at JM and the AM. And uh, there's a lot, lot going on, lots of news to discuss, plenty of things that you'll be uh, certainly interested in. <laughs> regarding the uh, the news of the week, so make sure to be tuned in and to get ready to uh, be informed with the weekly update. Again, that's Friday, 7.40 Eastern Time, right here at JM in the AM. And recommend to those who uh, don't have the app yet to get the app and listen to that and all of our other segments. And, of course, we do have a listen line where you could literally call up and um, and listen in to what's happening, and to participate in that way as well. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zech Nishmas HaRav Zebrin Rehosef and Zech Esther Basar Rehosef Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shoftim, Oyavov, those that
10: love Hashem, K'tzeis Hashemesh Bigvu They are like when the sun goes out with its strength. Why is it that those that love Hashem are compared to the sun that goes out with its strength. The Divrei Bina explains that the sun does not want to go out to light the world because there are people who bow down to the sun. But Hashem hits the Shemesh until it goes out and lights up the world for its inhabitants. Similarly, the O'Rei Hashem do not want the Nisyonus because they're afraid. They might be Nichol, They may stumble. Just like we ask in davening, do not bring us lo de don't bring us to a challenge. But Hashem gives us the challenge and we are happy that we have in our hands the proper tools to be victorious in the war of challenges, to go up madragas because of the challenges that we meet each day. Nisoyon comes from the word, nes lehis noises, a banner to carry. The Mihtim says, Why is it that we are mispalol every morning, loli li de nisayon, do not bring us to a challenge? It doesn't mean that a person should not have challenges in life. We grow from the challenges. They make us great. It allows us to ascend the madrigas to spiritual rungs. However, we are davening that the Nisyanos should not be overwhelming for us. We also say, Vilim sidon, To those that curse me, let my soul be silent. The Iyun Tvilo says that not only does a person's mouth have to be quiet from responding, but also the Nefesh has to be silent inside, not to be nispoil, not to be afraid, from all of the klalos, from any curses. That's why it says, v'nafshi sidom, let my soul be silent, not upisidom, let my mouth be silent. The Chavetz writes that happy is the person who has the trait of patience and tolerance. The person that develops it to such an extent that he has complete control over himself and doesn't feel anything when he's ashamed or insulted. The great Rabbi Avigdor Miller once said that a person has to have a thick skin not to be hurt when an insult is hurled at him and not to be filled with pride when someone gives him a compliment. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizek. Have a nice day. (laughs)
8: ايي بكل كشيم ما هي وديو متشان انا ابالني مخيخ لو دوغ لهم شخ كيشلي يشلي امونه لفمي ماكشيمش خايف بكل كشيم יש ניסים כל Bye. I'm looking
2: Señor.
4: No!
1: jm in the am thursday morning broadcast here at jm in the am in our new york city studios by the way i am told the facebook live video is live you can go to facebook.com slash nacham siegel network again you can go to facebook.com slash siegel network and see what's doing in studio and believe you me today there's something very exciting doing in studio here at jm in the am and the nacham siegel network many of you are uh likely aware of the fact that there's a brand new book out there. Our friends at Art Scroll have again produced something that uh, is conjectured to be a bestseller. It is called the Tushareba. I'm actually holding it up right now to the camera. The Tushareba, Go to Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. You'll see it. Uh, the Tasha Rebbe, the life, leadership, and legacy of Rabbi Mishulam Faish Halevi Lowy. Uh, Brand new from Artscroll. Artscroll has done us a tremendous favor. They've made us into very big, big shots today by giving a special promo code today, Thursday, to our listeners. If you order the book from Artscroll, go to artscroll.com. If you order the book from Artscroll today, Thursday, and utilize the um, promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, then you are entitled to free shipping. You heard that correctly, everybody. You're entitled to free shipping on your order. Again, go to artscroll.com and uh, use the promo code TOSH, T-O-S-H. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is in our studio. You may know him from his work with Artscroll about the life of Rabbi Meir Zlatovitz. You might know him as the author of a book about the Hassam Sofer. You may know him uh, through the work he did on the intimate glimpses of inspiring leaders in the book entitled Warm by Their Fire. That's just a short sample of what he's done with Artscroll, other publishers as well, but a short description of what he's done with our friends at Artscroll, Misora, Rabbi Yistral Besser, welcome back to JM in the AM.
11: Thank you so much, Nachum. As
1: always, it's so exciting to be here. I appreciate that. Your level of excitement is quite obvious, frankly. It's a little bit early in the morning. Maybe the people like you, morning <laughs> people,
11: you're like that annoying roommate or a guy in a diva who gets up all excited every morning and all chipper, and everybody else wants to throw a slipper
1: at him. You're
11: That's right. what I feel like every time I'm here. And despite that, you make me laugh.
1: I am taking that as a compliment. Simple as that. It's also a compliment. <laughs> um, it's rare that we get this opportunity, that we get this chance, and the reason is because you're not a New Yorker. You're not somebody who lives in the New York area. It's rare to have you in studio because you're generally up in Montreal, Canada, ironically enough, because this book that I hold in my hand has a lot to do with Montreal. Right. And uh, anyway, so it's a, it's a pleasure to welcome you here, and uh, your, your international reputation is well known, and when we get a chance to schmooze about anything, uh, especially your works, it's always a real pleasure. Can, can one write this book if they're not from Montreal? Yeah, I guess if they were determined
11: enough. It takes a lot of travel. And, and like all good interviews, and I don't have to tell the king of all interviewers how to do a good interview, but it really comes down to time and the personal relationship. I, you know, I tell younger people who do interviews, they say, I have an hour and a half to do this interview. So I always tell them, an hour and 20 minutes is just forming that connection. If you're lucky, maybe you'll do the interview for 10 minutes. Because if you walk into somebody's house, and they don't know you, and they don't trust you, and they don't feel warm towards you, they might tell you one or two stories, but there's nothing real, there's nothing alive in that conversation, and the, and the key to a good interview like I said, I, it's presumptuous of me to look you in the eye and tell you that, but I'm <laughs> talking you. to your listeners, um, is, is the relationship. It's, when I sit down in this chair, I'm looking at you as Nachum Siegel, who I just enjoyed talking to for the last few minutes until we went on air, and every time I see you, I feel this, this connection with you. Uh, so living in Montreal makes it easier because I could follow up again and again. Right. Somebody's tired. A lot of the people are older people. The people especially right. who remember the Rabbi Beck in the rebuilding years aren't young anymore. So if you're, if you're going to come in and you have a flight to catch, it's not going to be a good interview. Right. So
1: the geographic advantages are, are really simply just access.
11: It's being there and being able to sit. Because
1: exactly. I kept thinking that, that because you're a Montreal resident all these years, you, you would have a, I don't know, some insight and some historic perspective, even if it's recent history, to the influence of the but more than anyone from out of town, out of Montreal would. But the way you're saying it, that may not be necessarily true.
11: The Tush Rebbe didn't, didn't live in Montreal or even in Tush. He, he was really um, an international figure in terms of scope and reach. He hid right. out in Montreal. Montreal was the furthest place he could find. It's not Montreal Tush. It's about 40 miles north of Montreal. Right. And that was like his hideaway from where he was able to. Right. O- although world all world
1: New Yorkers who say this. they're going to see the Rebbe always say, I'm going to Montreal. To Montreal so right. you, you understand
11: right. that. Right. right. You know, the airports in Montreal obviously <laughs> right. <They> go in <laughs> and out
1: um so so he
11: kind of was running this empire this really this global empire using you know, there wasn't a lot of technology then he was he was running circles around his own government his own
1: people I mr mean, i hope you'll find time to read the book
11: i know you know oh, i read most of it already out. okay
1: i read most and, of it. you uh, will not ruin this shabbos for me it's my son's <laughs> offer i said no way no way i'm saving this book for shabbos i'm getting this done asap They have really used something in your speech <laughs> thank you he, uh, <laughs> uh,
11: he he ran you know I, I meet people from all walks of life um Varying levels of religious observance who all had a connection to Tush. Right. Um, for, for those years, the 80s, the 90s, anybody involved in any kind of large business felt that the Tush Rebbe and having him in their life and having him as, as, as somebody that they could count on was indispensable. Right. So he really was running this global empire
1: in Montreal, which just happened to be the place he was hiding out. You know, it's funny you say all this about the business aspect, because until I did read the book, it was lost on me, the the spiritual aspect of the Rebbe, because all I ever heard growing up and then, you know, becoming an adult, was that if you are a business person or if you have to make a significant decision in the world of business or not-for-profit, go up to Montreal first, speak to the Tasha Rebbe. And that was that was a sort of, in, in a way, again, being unfair in the big picture, but sort of, you have a medical situation, go speak to the Square Rebbe, right? That's the reputation. He's the medical Rebbe. So the Tasha Rebbe was always the, the business and, and business decision Rebbe.
11: It, it's true, but you know, back to the Baal Shem Tov, really, right. the earliest rabbis, the the holiness and the th- the sanctity and the things that they worked on, what they looked at, what they ate, the way they spent their time, really had an end game. And the Baal Shem Tov said, the end game is to do a favor for another Jew. That's that's the peak. So the Tasha is holiness. He, he, you know, he didn't help people despite his holiness, but because of his holiness, he ascended that ladder his whole life, and at a certain point, he was able to help people. Now, helping people means, a lot of the time, he did a lot of medical. But a lot of times it comes down to Parnaso, which right. is holy, especially by Hasidim, who invested that with holiness. Right. You know, people would come into the Tasharabit, they'd say, I'm buying a new house, I need a brachos. He'd say, How many bedrooms is it? They'd say three. He'd say, Your wife wants four. Make sure there's an extra bed. You would tell people, make sure that your wife has enough cleaning help. That means he, he was able to scale the heights from somebody who was so who was so removed from this from this world, um, the realities of this world, who needed so little, who literally did not sleep. You could read his schedule. He yeah, slept yes. An hour I would talk 24 about that. Right. hours
1: and uh and it could have been then, the opposite. It could be somebody with a five bedroom house who the Rebbe felt you know or, or who I shouldn't say the Rebbe felt, but who really needed four. But the, you know the- I,
11: I, it was always about hushbaz and making more you know, I, I mentioned the story recently, my wife says you should have you should have gotten to the Rebbe, you know? <laughs> I would have a thanks, larger house. Thanks, right. <laughs> thanks for telling me now. But uh, um so, so again, the, 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 the fact that everybody went to him for help is because that was his endgame. That's where he ended up. After all those years of not eating and sleeping and learning and davening, this is a man who said the whole tilm to start today and sometimes two or three times a day. Right. And if he heard about a, uh, someone who wasn't well, a chayla, who he didn't know, didn't make a difference with, it. a Jew who was in need, he would take out his tilm again and just start all over again. And there was this battle that played itself out between him and his gabayim always. They were trying to protect yeah, him the
1: gabayim were from there. himself. Right. And, and the money. Not Tush, all Gabbayim are like that. I know a little bit about how the Hasidic dynasties work. Some of them are a little bit, you know, less aggressive. These guys were very about It was good because time. Tush was always in near bankruptcy until today, and the Rebbe was raising
11: not millions, probably billions of dollars. I mean, huge sums of money were going through Tush and going right out as fast as it came in. And the government were frustrated because their own Malamban weren't being paid.
1: There's that story and, you uh, tell about um, uh, where the Rebbe says it's an emergency. We have to we have to collect on all these uh, pledges that were made and they end up doing it, you know, in an emergency situation, and the rabbi goes in and gives it to a poor man, like, like this the was time. the emergency? All that, the time. That a poor guy needed money? And, he, and he would
11: say that if we're struggling without give, uh, if we're struggling with giving stucker, the government said we can't afford to give the stucca. He says imagine how much worse it would be if we weren't giving stucca. That right. means he saw stucca as, as an indispensable way to live, to go through the day. We have in the book there how when he lived right after the war, he lived in Neutaz in, in Hungary, right. so he would go get wood to heat up the mikvah every, every morning. So somebody said he coming out he was a he was a little frail man always was and he said what are you, you like slapping wood now from the woods so he said he has to get stuck up before Darwin. and he this is his has contribution no money. Has no money so this is something he could do right. and that's really how he lived and he was such a uh today the word non-judgmental is a big word he was not i i was by the toucher you walked into his his presence and his smile he he just saw such a big vision of you and your neshama, yeah. you felt as love.
1: My father used to say that in that generation there were Rebbes, there were some Rebbes who had known the geus. That was their, for those who get the you know, context, they just, you know, they, 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 they had an even love and affection for everybody and, and, didn't, let, you know, and didn't let factors that today would, would play into people's decisions influence them. Your father, obviously, was exposed to the greatest of the right. great, and he and
11: he was privileged to special relationships that most people weren't. But the Chaznish writes this in a letter that what defines a gadol, what makes somebody a leader, is not having the gears, is being able to see right. the situation objectively and not being locked into petty small boxes, which plagues most of us.
1: Right. A lot of people don't hop, by the way. A lot of people don't understand that all that money can come into an institution. I should say it differently. A lot of people when they see and hear that a lot of money comes to especially religious institutions, especially the way the media in this country today, you know, treats religious institutions, they don't understand the chesed and the benevolence that's being done with that money. They they, they often can right. be jaded thinking, you know, oh, they must be sitting on they must be sitting on a mountain of money over there. That me and you, Nachem, are in this world to make sure that people don't get jaded. Right. That's what we do. Is that what we do? That's what we do. I was wondering about that. Mm-hmm. I wanna welcome Gedalia Zlotowitz who's here by the way. He is uh, he is, of course, the head of Arts Girl Missouri, getting a lot of nachas from the brand new book, The Tusher Rebbe, The Life, Leadership, and Legacy of Meshulam Faish, Halevi Loi, and Yisrael Besser is in our studio. Now, there are a couple of observations that have to be made about writing books uh, about great holy leaders. The first is something that you touched on already, and, and, I, and I can speak to you about it because you have this vast knowledge based on all the different personalities you've written about. They never sleep. Why is it that one of the prerequisites for this type of leadership is getting those 60 to 90 minutes of sleep a night? Now, I know in other industries, some would say there are scientists who sleep only a couple hours a night, etc. But it seems that you know, when it comes to this interpersonal relationship that he has with so many thousands that are constantly at, his, at you know, requesting his time, it, it, it's an exhausting procedure, and yet he and and we now can name you know a million others that that we could well not a million but you get my point. We can name many others that would be on that list who just never, you know. I, I say to myself, I need some sleep. You know, I need I need to rest once in a while. It's so
11: funny because I look at you. I slept in Lakewood last night, and yeah. I got up at about five. I was on about five fifteen to be around time, and I'm thinking, how does Nachum do this every day? <laughs> and he's still smiling and cheerful and happy. And the answer is is because that's what you do. That's your panasa. That's your calling. That's your, man, that's what you're doing in the world. The rabbis see people. They understand that they're on call. They're, they're brain surgeons. They're, they're no, always on call. That's it. They're always on call. This was a Rebbe who didn't go on vacation. There was no days off. People needed him when they needed him. And he, he would get annoyed at the, at the Gabbam. If you heard that somebody called, again, he didn't have to know who they were. Uh, there's a term that Hasidim used, Anash. Anash means our boys. It stands for Anshle which means Atasha mm-hmm. Tasha hasid. So they say he is from Anash. He's not, the Rebbe was allergic to the term because there's only Jews. It doesn't make a difference where he sends his There are no so insiders. Exactly. And not only were there no insiders, you could even say that the insiders were second tier. Wow. You know, you're here. You'll find me already. This guy just flew in or just called, and he loved that.
1: Do you sometimes think um, that every, not, I shouldn't say every, but there are rebbe's that are known for certain, for certain rituals. Let's put it that way. I, I want to be careful how I put it. I'll give you an example. Uh, if you speak to those who were in Manchester uh, there was and I know that this may sound silly to some, but there were Talmidim of Rav Segal in Manchester who would stand outside his office when they knew he had taken a break in order to hear him say Asher Yatzer. They said the greatest muushmuz was hearing him say and in general when he said Brachas, if you're from I don't know if you're familiar with him, but when he said Brachas, he would be he, he couldn't say a shahakal and do it in 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 1.2 seconds, like most of us, it would take him a tremendous amount of time. With the Tushareba, it seems that that same type of attention was paid to the ritual of Natila Sidayim, of washing one's hands. And I assume that means both uh, for red and for you know, waking up in the morning, etc. Right? whenever one had to wash their hands. And, and you could describe it for us. It was, it was not just a ritual. It was a, it, was a, it was a whole ceremony with a large cup, much larger than we would use, and, and things like that, right? Why?
11: I, again, I can't, I can't tell you why the Tasha Rabbi did what he did, but, but he wrote there in the book how famously when the Arachim HaKadosh passed away, the Baal said by Sha'al Shodesh, Kavah The light, the light of the West has been extinguished, referring to the Arachim HaKadosh. He, he knew he passed away. So they asked him after, in the middle of Shah it was obviously Shabbos, how did you know that the Arachim HaKadosh passed away? He said because there's the site the secret, Netilas Hedayim is given over to one saddick in every generation, and it came to me. I had that revelation. So I understood that the previous holder of that secret was no, no longer, longer with us. The old square rebbe, Akhavi Yisef, right. father of the current square Shlita, said that Tasha rebbe knows the site of Netilas Hedayim. But really, everything he did was halacha. So it's I'm, I'm, I'm not comparing it or not comparing right. it to other rituals of rabbis, which are all uh, grounded in, in Kabbalah, if not halacha. But this is Hilchas Netilas Hedayim. That means every single thing he did came from the Shulchan Aruch and the commentaries. The right hand higher than the left. The way he put a towel over, uh, we make sure your uh, hands are not, dry. not you. Me, we eat a lot. So we're, sure we're always washing our hands. We're right. always coming, going, we're looking, right. the thing. There's a bottle. There's a water fountain. We're making it work. He hardly ate. He, he didn't eat much, and 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 he was a he was a, it was a pure person. I interviewed right. people who were with him in the worst years during the Holocaust, right. and they said he was always clean and pure. There were no showers. There was right. there wasn't soap, and this man was was radiating. It was it was a different kind of light, and cleanliness was important to him. He he slept at night between 45 minutes, depending what time Alice was, he would change his that so He didn't go into a bed. He sat right. down on the couch, and he had a ritual for that, too. The government showed me what he did. He had three sperm, He would kiss them, put them at the head, and then let himself sleep for about an hour.
1: So Nathil sedayan
11: was, was also fed into that purity that, that
1: enveloped him at all times. Why don't the rebbez eat? Isn't that also a common denominator among them, in, as far as I know, that very, very little time? And, and by the way, it's not just rebbez. There are certain other holy men that may not have a Hasidic following that are very, you know, like Shep Shabbos. Shabbos, they'll make sure to, you know, consume something. But it was not unusual, as you wrote, for the Rebbe not to eat till midnight. The Rebbe not to eat, and a lot of the days that he was fasting, he would make sure to eat before Shkia, just right. not to fast,
11: not right. to get carried away by the arrogance and conceit of, I'm fasting. So right. he broke his fast. I can't tell you why Rebs don't eat. I I, I do eat. Right. But everything in in Iomas, everything in this world is just a means. Right. And, and Shabbos yeah, again, is different. Again, obviously. so we're bored, so we, you know, right. we're filling
1: whatever holes we have. I always we're, say we're, on a fast day, one of the things I realize on a fast day is all I ever do is eat. <laughs> I spend a lot of time eating. Well, look around. Most people have a rough time on fast days. Most right. of our guys, right? right? Fast days don't go easy for us. Rabbis are fasting um, every day. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's just a means. They see it. Right. Um, one of the things that's, that's always intriguing to me, especially as I get older, is is the psychological development of a child when they are designated to be a Rebbe or a leader. There are those who, you know, naturally, and by the way, I think this Kfar Rebbe may be, a, well, it's not a great example because one always expects the oldest son to take over, but, you know, but I don't know when the grooming began for his Rebbe Dum. The Tushar Rebbe's grooming, according to Yisroel Besser, basically started at birth. Would you agree with at that? birth, right. It's interesting. Mayor Shapiro in Lublin,
11: my grandfather would always tell this to me, would take in all the children of Rebus. So they said nobody got into Lublin. There were no connections. There was right. no, you have to know 200 blot. Mm-hmm. You had to take a b'khina. They didn't always know 200 blot. They knew less than that. And he would take them in anyhow. So my grandfather told me that. They asked Mayor Shapiro why. She said because the other ones, either they'll stay in learning or they're not going to stay in learning. The Mitziana who will stay in learning, come to me. These guys are stuck. They're going to be in learning regardless. So at least they should know something. They shouldn't be complete amarasim. Right. If any have are designated, you know, as you said for rebbe them when you just coined.
1: Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. The, when you the, use it in your next book, make sure I'm in a footnote. <laughs> for sure.
11: For sure. Why only a footnote? <laughs> the uh, the uh, conv-
1: uh, converse example, uh,
11: off topic, but on topic is mm-hmm. the current Tashraba. The get This is wasn't. the oldest <clears throat> son. oldest. How do we? Decide? He's not. There was an older son. Tremendous tzadik and a tremendous life Hashem, who passed away, at right. a heart attack. His, I read that, right. In the book, <clears throat> on a Friday, suddenly, right. and he was nephtar And all of a sudden, the youngest child of the rabbi, the second son, the rabbi was pointing to him. He, he's a tremendous person. But most of his, his life, he was the rabbi of the, the of the kahila after you know after that happened. But he had been very much involved with the medical, with business advice, with arranging loans. He was a tremendous, what, what we would call an askin, but I mean an askin in the, the most loftiest use of the term. He sat and helped Jews all day. Right. He had He learned. He davened, but he was known as a, as a person out there in the world. He was a rebbe of this world, and all of a sudden he's designated as rebbe in, in a short period before his father died. All of a sudden he had to go from that world, and until today he's he's a he's a he's a spectacular rebbe, but he's not he's not that person who right. was groomed. Uh, he's much more interested in helping people and he the learned the chesed. Out. The chesed he got. The chesed he has tremendous. Right. But his rebbeist to the chagrin of some of those around right. him, who would love for him to go with more colored coats and canes, he, you know, they give him a cane. He says, "I, I can walk. I don't I don't, right. I don't need a cane. He's he's free." Right. Well, but,
1: but again, again, so he.
11: So that I, I find that spectacular, like you said, his
1: father was groomed
11: for this. Right. His father was born the first child in fifty years to get the name of his grandfather. Right. They wouldn't let anybody else carry the name. Right.
1: Who was the Tusharab? His grandfather. His, the first Tashareb right. was named
11: and F- Fiers, and they had given a couple of children that names, and those children all passed away young. Right. Leilenu. And they said it's the, the name is too big for most Leshamis. When he was born, his grandfather
1: said he can carry the great grandfather's name. He's ready for it. <clears throat> so he was groomed for it. I and that, that you know today, you know what they would say today: the pressure you're putting on that kid. <laughs> how's he going to adjust all this? Right. You know, how's he going to how's he going to relate to his classmates when he's when he's you know? I mean, and, not, and they're right. They're right. Right in, in in theory, they're right. The pressure is real. Right.
11: But that's a different world and a different This is a man I interviewed somebody his still life today in Williamsburg. Who remembers the Rebbe after the war he says he, he remembers they knew this was the Tasha rabbi they saw the light in his face he was wearing torn clothing he looked he said you should be michael Me like a clown he, it was just cobbled together different clothing mm-hmm. but he it was it was uh he had a, he had a rubbish uh, coat because my father's a Rebbe and this is what i'm gonna do right.
1: uh, by the way one of the things you mentioned that's uh, interesting about the new Tasha Rebbe, or the most recent one we should say the one who serves now is that it, it reminds us how important life experiences to what you end up doing, because yes, as you said, the current Tasha Rebbe has incredible qualities and is a wonderful leader, but he didn't have the life experience that his father had. He didn't survive. It's a, it's a completely different model of Rebbe. Right. That means his father went
11: to the top of the mountain.
1: From the and, from the <laughs> deepest valley one can be in. Right, and and he came a
11: totally different way. He came in, he's a Rebbe of 20, 2019. Right. That right. means he understands the people, he understands what they're asking him, he understands business, he understands life, he's, he's, he, he was out there, so to speak. And he brings all that into his father's chair, so it's fascinating to watch. Unbelievable. And at the same time, he's doing his father's job mm-hmm. exactly as his father did it. You know, he mirrors, like you said, the chesed, the complete giving himself away to other people, the complete lack of pretense and arrogance. Until today in Tash, it's so, he's an approachable man accessible.
1: This, this Rabbi Meshulam Faish Halevi Loa, who you wrote about, passed away in what year?
11: This is going to be the fourth yard side. Fourth week. yard side. And it's this was website. was
1: this a project that was thought about at the, soon after his passing?
11: So Ogdalja uh,
1: is in the studio. We we had
11: talked about it a couple of years ago. At one point, I don't know that the Hasidim themselves are ready for an English book. Right. This isn't exact. This isn't their world. This right. is a real. This is a real hardcore. Uh,
1: cloistered Hasidus, Tash. It's, right. it's, it's, it's a little bit A lot Canada. of people listening have never heard of them till today, frankly. Right,
11: they, they knew about the rabbit but the town right. itself, it's about 600, 650 families. There's a tiny little pizza store, a farm store, grocery store, and that's all you have. Over there, it's not. It's, it's really, a village. It's really a village, and it's much less cosmopolitan than Curious Yale or New Square. Right. It doesn't. It's not like that. That's <laughs> um, funny that you know,
1: that we refer to New Square as cosmopolitan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I guess, uh, that. that might be the tweet of the show. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> everything is
11: relative, right? right exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, be careful who you call it cosmopolitan. <laughs> That's um, true, also. <laughs> but this wasn't their world, right. uh, the English-speaking world. But but at the same time, they realized with the passage of time. That this was a man, a Rebbe of 300 years ago, who people will not believe he existed if we don't get this down They're now. Right, right. There are Holocaust survivors now right. who still remember those years. And, right. and the man we built with nothing. Everybody was killed. Right. His parents, his siblings, his collar.
6: right.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at nachomsegal.com, on the Nachomsegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. The book is called The Tusha Rebbe. It's from Art Scroll, of course. Yisrael Scroll besters in our studio. It's the life, leadership, and legacy of our Mishulam Faish Halevi If you're watching now on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Segal Network. I'm literally holding the book up. Again, if you're on Facebook Live, the Tashareba book is the one that's in my hands at this moment. Uh, our friends at Art Scroll have done us a tremendous favor uh, for this audience in particular. If you are um, listening to this on today's, uh, you know, not in the archive on a different day, but if you're, if you're listening right now, or at any point Thursday. Uh, all day today, uh, Artscroll is offering a, um, a deal on free shipping for the Rebbe book and your order. Uh, go to artscroll.com, use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H. I wonder what they would say up in the village if they knew that they were now a promo code. Uh, go to the promo code TUSH, use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, and enjoy free shipping on the Rebbe book and on your order. And uh, Gedalia, you want to chime in on any of this at the moment, or or, or, or we're good over here? We're good. Okay, great. Gedalia Zalato is here, as I said, who leads Art Scroll, of course. Um, I I thought it was unusual, and I need you to tell me if I'm right or wrong, that he had so much support early on from so many other Rebbes, where other Rebbes who I think would would seriously think a hundred times before sending Talmidim to a different Hasidic sect and to a different Rebbe, he enjoyed that the Satmar Rebbe sent him Talmidim and helped him start the entire village of Tush, the square Rebbe, it's no secret, you know, and you've now told us, so it's really no secret, what type, what type of admiration he had for him, and of course we're referring, I assume, to the previous square Reb, right, early on, uh, had for the Tush Rebbe in the early 60s. I, I, is that common, that, that you would see this type it's of— It's common for a Rebbe who virtually
11: did no travel at all. You know, he went to Israel once, 1971. He'd go to New York, London a little bit, but he wasn't a traveler. It wasn't like today that, you know, there was no uh, WhatsApp groups showing you every right time yeah. the Rebbe the lit a candle. And and this, the Sephardim his connection to the Sephardic world, which we didn't talk about, he, he called the yeshiva Arachayim. Tasha's called Arachayim. Mm-hmm. And he told somebody to Arachayim, came to him in a dream once, said, what are you doing for my children? But the Sephardic Montreal has about 30,000 Moroccan Jews, tremendous Sephardic community. And I the Rebbe was their huh? father. I've gone to the Tasha Rebbe. In current one as well with Sephardic leaders. The, he carries them. He opened maus for them, which he funded. He makes a tish under arachaim and yard side every year for them, and they're always there. They're always there till today. If you go to the it, it, America, doesn't have a lot of uh, the the feel at a, at a zion at the cave of a rebbe. Right. Obviously Uman is mm-hmm. the most well known, but Karastia has become that. And Lubavitch, the aisle the in would Queens be has become right. that. Um, the the aisle is. Uh, <clears throat> is not is not as fun, let's say, for right. lack of a better. It's not term. an experience. Right. Uh, I've gone to touch late on a Thursday night and they're there uh you know, this Kogel and, and guitars and the the smoking, there's a lot of this fatum for Montreal sit there, they dive and They feel they feel good there. They feel whole there. A little bit like Rivavadja
1: and Sanhedria, a little bit like that. You know, you know, right. right. But I'm saying for Montreal this right. is a novelty. Right. You know,
11: we we don't have so
1: many exciting things. Right. Yeah, your prime minister was shocked when he when he heard about that. <laughs> I say it like that because People may wonder why the Rebbe ended up in Montreal, and he actually, at some point in your book— uh, Before
11: we—you're making fun of prime ministers, and I, I live in Canada. Right. We, was, we, could, we could do your president if you want. <laughs> no, but Any the, time. no, but I'm not really not making
1: right. fun. What I'm saying is that when people ask why he's in Montreal, which, of course, I was very curious how he ended up there. Uh-huh. He actually, at some point, said, I think to the prime minister, maybe it was a different official, I don't remember who it was, uh, which you write about. That that he always felt Canada was a peaceful country uh, and yeah, one that uh, would Paris, be.
11: So right, it was the premier of Quebec, which is like, Quebec, like, right. like a prime minister, like right. governor, Collins. governor of a state, uh, right? Just uh, this is just uh, of interest. Didn't come to in the book that much because it wasn't relevant. Tush was never politically aligned with Montreal's film community. They're always they're fascinating, and they, there's the French-English divide in Canada. And the French community traditionally always went with the conservative parties, with you know, with the anglophone parties. Right. Tush was always very good because they live in in higher up in Quebec than the city, and their neighbors are the French people, and they were always great with the party with the, which is the French ruling party, of which Paris is always the leader. They always were very, very closely aligned with them. At times, they would split their vote because they want to do what was good for the Jews, but they also were very, very, they're very they're careful loyal. with their relations, and they're great. They have a great relationship with the, the Francophone community around them. Their role model had to interact with the people around you. They, the respect that they show each other is beautiful. Um, so tell me, yeah. So uh, when Parizok came oh, to the Rebbe, right. right? So he asked him. So really, uh, it was easier to get in those years to Canada, right. and the United States. It, it was, was relatives was much- who helped facilitate, it, right? Right. right? Right. But uh, what the Rebbe said is that the name of the Malach
1: of Canada is Shalom, and right. that's why the. And tab- he was serious. Oh, God forbid, he wasn't serious. But I'm saying he was. He meant it. He meant there is yeah, an angel. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't. Because there. I never heard before your book. I never knew that. But you each- know,
11: Canada doesn't engage in war. You know, well, not, they, they, They've had a few uh non-significant wars in their history. Right. He said that they never will go to war and they never have
1: right. War. Always if a peaceful look, country, at,
11: and it is. A, it is that. Right.
1: But until Besser, I didn't know that each country had an angel. Did you? I didn't <laughs> so I didn't. that's what would be a little you bit know, by surprise we, we learn new things on every page <laughs> that i'm sure <laughs> the, the books are for, <laughs> that i agree with that you know it's funny and and this of course was so significant when we uh when we spoke about mayor's Zlotowicz. you wrote the book the biography of Mayor Zlotowicz, and we talked about the small individual little acts of chesed that were such a major part and of course as you would expect from a giant like this the hasha again a lot of small what would seem to us insignificant or Strange stories. He gave away his matzahs, Lil Pesach, right? Now, I wish you would have continued that story, So I, li- I wanted to know what he actually did during the Seder. <laughs> right, right. I asked
11: the guy by the same question. So he says, if you're asking me that question, then you missed the point of the story. Ooh, that's, that's the guy by told me. Ooh, what Because he meant that... Not he gave away. So excited. Like, you're putting me in a situation where I get to do what I most want to do. These matzahs that I've been working on for 11 months, grinding and kneading, And, and decided that these would be the and, three I right? use at the Seder. This guy who came in, who was a, an emotionally disturbed individual, maybe not even obligated matza, matzah, who knows. Right. None of the guy were in the mood of having him there. Right. The type of guest who comes rolling in. And they were building. late. And the Seder was right. already right. late. You know late. those guys who come in after sure. everybody already has this, now you're here?
1: Right. That's
11: the guy that I ever wanted because he was sending a message about what a Jew is. And that made him happiest. He said the, the way the Rebbe grabbed his mozzas <laughs> and ran to that guy, he said the Rebbe's face was like a lottery winner. We have a story in there. So I it's
1: not it's, just the poor man who felt like a lottery winner. The Rebbe, right, himself, the Rebbe himself felt like himself a lottery winner.
11: I want to mention a story yeah. uh, particularly. It's it's very moving to me because I, I thought of Rebbe's lot what's in the story as well. And when you write about great men, <clears throat> even though sometimes they seem like they come from different planets, there's game this common recognizes game, right. and greatness meets greatness. Right. So there's a story there that Tash Rebbe had a lot of secret visits he'd do in the city. And again, he was playing with his Gabbam a lot, so he would officially go to do B'Kachaylam. He'd go to the hospitals every few weeks to visit older people. people. He'd say, we're here already, we're passing in, right. let me go. The Gavam so didn't was like that. It older but... couple. They didn't like it at all right. because his schedule was right. hard. They didn't know why. He, there was an older couple. He said he wanted to visit. He remembered them. As uh, as he's walking in, he asks, "I don't know if you saw it." He go "When was the last time it snowed in the city?" Oh, I saw said, oh, this
1: story. All right, he said three days
11: ago. He says, "Okay." He goes in. It's an elderly couple. Right. The the woman, the guy, described to me, was so she was so weak. She all had right. a scarf tied to the handle of her fridge. Right. And the only way she could open her fridge is pulling the was scarf like that. And the husband wasn't. So uh, the rabbi asked the woman, "Is your husband been bathed? Is someone cleaning him?" She goes, "Yeah, the nurse comes every day. He just came today." So on the way at the Tasha Rebbe says to the guy, you told me it snowed three days ago. Look at the front steps. They haven't been cleaned. Nobody's right. been here in three days. No footprints, he says. So the Rebbe brought in. Right, exactly. So he right. brought in the son from New York, That's paid, right. funded him to take care of his parents, let him know what his
1: obligations to his parents are. Right. But this is a Rebbe who's
11: thinking that way too.
1: It's unbelievable um, that <laughs> that he had the wherewithal to even put all that take together. take it all in. And he sent someone to the house to help out. By the way, I know I'm focusing a lot on Pesach, but he did refuse to sign a letter uh, when people wanted him to declare that he does not use machine matzahs because there was someone in the building who was, who was in the business of machine he matzahs. He the
11: sp- space, right? People right, and the rumor
1: to... started that, that the Rebbe approves of machine, machine matzahs. matzahs. He refused to sign that letter because he thought, as I wish some people would think today, that it would cause too much of an international tumult. The ones on... who don't know, the ones who know about it know about it. Right. Like, the ones who don't know about it will only learn about it now.
11: And right. all of a sudden, I took, why? Exactly, if you understand today's social media world, and oh, how things boy. spiral out of control... You understand that the smartest thing in the face of controversy is just to sit tight and be quiet. Yeah,
1: and let it it. let it let it die by itself. Let it die, and that'll be the end of it. Um, The lost villain story, right? (laughs) That's I look. I I'm a regular American kid in a way, so I gotta have some skepticism in me, right? (laughs) But the Rebbe knew that even though it appeared that his talisman villain, it must have been that one trip you're referring to, right?
11: He went to Hungary more. Than oh, time. so he did that go was... to Hungary
1: more than Israel just once, but he went to Hungary other times. Uh, and, and they were stolen, right? They were lifted by somebody at the airport, one assumes, which is not uncommon in European airports, right? Mm-hmm. But the Rebbe, what would you say? How would you follow up? He, uh, again, we, we you know we worked very hard not to make
11: not to make the book a, just a collection of miracles, but right. make some stories, because and they're nice and they they strengthen people's own so that they come in. They're sure. fascinating, and in this case, they're one hundred percent true, confirmed, verified. And I turned away a lot of stories that I didn't, I couldn't speak to people. At the same time, some of them had to be included because it makes you understand that the Rebbe saw a different reality than the people around them. They were seeing uh, what their eyes beheld, which is that somebody stole the Taliesin's floor, and he understood right. this epic battle that he was fighting with, as you wrote, the Baldova, the Sitarach, on the other side, the forces of evil, call it whatever you want to call it. He wasn't playing an, an arcade game. This was real to him. He understood that there's a force called good in the world and a force called evil, and you asked earlier, how does somebody not sleep? If somebody understands all day that they're here to fight, He's a tzaddik, maybe, according to David Abu Khadr, the tzaddik, hadar, or whatever right. that means. I don't right. understand right. the significance of a term, but they do, right? Uh, so, uh, right, if you're a sports fan, so there are people who are great, and then there are all-stars, and then there's the greatest of all time, and right. everything has its significance. So I don't, I don't know how to gauge super tzaddikim, but tzaddikim, who we accepted tzaddikim, said he was a tzaddik, hadar, whatever that means. I, I travel a lot, I interview a lot of people. Almost inevitably, I would meet people in Israel especially. You live in Montreal. Do you know the Tasha Rebbe? Mm. That means the tzaddikim always were very well aware of him. So he understood his role to fight this battle, and he saw things that we didn't see.
1: Yeah, but when, but, it, it, but it's not just a matter of bitachon that those tunnels and filling are going to be found. It is, is as you're describing, They, these thieves are representative of the evil in this world, and now I must do whatever I can in my power to and, fight. They anybody. want to get me down, and I wrote right. this in the book. The Rebbe... You
11: know, when he didn't sleep, he said either he was feeling well or not feeling well. So the guy by him told me he always had a reason why they had to let him dive in his way. He said, right. if I'm feeling well, I'm having a good day. i got to give it to God. If he wasn't feeling well, he'd say, it's the Baldava trying to get me down. I have to work extra hard. So they could never reason with him to slow down because he always, you know, he, he lived that way.
1: Right. You saw all Bessers here. We're talking about the Tasha Rebbe. Now, I mean, you know, speaking about getting down, uh, I mean, what could be worse than losing a child? And explain to the, Tell this audience— what he, how he reacted to his children and grandchildren, right, including those who just lost their father when his son passed away. I'm, I'm going to tell you just
11: with a little bit of an introduction because sure. this is early feedback to the book already. About, sure. which, um, somebody called me last night. it, it the, Just he articulated it different than others. He said to me, he's going through a very rough personal time, and he's got he's a lot of personal issues in his family that are that were bringing him down. He said it got so bad that he he was embarrassed to tell this to me. He said, I I couldn't even daven because I was asking Hashem for the same things again Mm -hmm. and again and again. I didn't feel like like I was being answered and I was cold and I was hating myself for being unable to do this. Not that I didn't believe. He just didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. He said, I picked up your book and for the first time in years, I'm good. I'm good. That means the Tasha Rebbe and, and I wrote this in, in the introduction because I heard the same idea from so many different people, not all of them big philosophers, that when they went to the Rebbe with what they needed, it was already okay even before he gave them a bracha, whether they would get what they wanted or whether they didn't. They didn't always get what they wanted. It's not a soda machine that you put in a dollar and press Diet Sprite and it comes out. It doesn't go that way. They would ask. But once they saw his face and they felt his hand and they were in his presence, they knew that the Rav Shalom was good and God is good. And whatever's going to happen is the best situation for me. Now, that said... The rebbe faced a lot of struggles in his life, and he always tried, including today, just to tell your listeners what happened. He had a son, his oldest son, his name was Amartcha, named for his father, who was a tzaddik. Everybody saw it on his face that he was a tzaddik, very much in the model of his father. They were extremely close. In, in the early years, when the rebbe still lived in the city, they learned together half a day. The rebbe had more time in those years. Right. The rebbe and him were bound, heart and soul. <clears throat> The, he didn't have children for many years, and the Rebbe went with him on their trip to Israel. He was one of the reasons they went, and the Rebbe told him at a certain point, the, the Rebbe would go to Israel, the guy I told me, with lists of names of people, especially those who didn't have children. And the Rebbe would say, so at a certain point, you can cross off that name, you can cross oh off that my name. Oh, my god! You tell him, that they, they've been helped.
1: <sighs> yeah. Uh,
11: he went with his son, and by the way, a Kaddish's cave, he said, the, the Rebbe wouldn't talk in the middle of saying the whole thing, but he pulled his hand, and he pointed at something, and his wife had, had his oldest son, nine months later. They, wow. they were very close. Um, on the morning of that Friday, it was Yudchas Teves, which was, interestingly, the yard side of the Bnei Sascha, earlier Rebbe, whom the Tasha Rebbe would always tell the son of Martcha, your soul is connected with him, and you should give, on his yard side, you should give tekan. So he, he himself, Marcha, set up the Beis time morning, as he did every year, on that day with uh, cake and, and uh, Lachayim. And the Rebbe had come in the middle of the night into the Beis Magishtar earlier, and he opened their and and at the Hillam, and he said, maybe we could do something. He told whoever was there. So the Rebbe was clearly aware that there was something headed his way. And they came to tell the Rebbe that his, his son had a heart attack and he didn't make it. They said that's all us here, and uh-huh. he understood already. Later, later, no one should know what that feels like. Of
1: course.
11: Though it was a very short Friday, and, and it was the winter. Right. Montreal comes in even half an hour earlier than it does in New York sometimes. It could be in the threes. So they had to rush to the Levaya. Before the Levaya, the Rebbe said he needs to do something. And he made a phone call to a woman who had left her family husband was devastated the kids were devastated <coughs> and he said to her please <coughs> excuse me i know it's difficult to be at home but you're strong you could do this do it for your children be big he said you probably heard what just happened to me i can't go to leviah without us for my let's do this together for him i'm asking you a favor that means he he found a way to uplift that czar before the leviah of his son his beloved oldest son and he used it in a constructive way and and she came and she said i checked with her she didn't just come for the day that means she made things right. She understood how important it was to him, so she did her part. Then he went to Leviah, and he went to visit his daughter-in-law and children, told her certain things. Friday night, he damned for the Uh The Hasidim who were there that Shabbos described the way he screamed out the words at the end of Mizmash Shehliyam Shabbos, Hashem, that Hashem is a Suri, my rock of, of and there's no imperfection in him. They said the cry, the roar, the, the, the simcha that he filled them with when he said those words, again, he did his thing, which was, Everything's okay. There's a plan. Not everything do we see, but around him, you knew that you didn't see everything because the whole thing was a secret. The whole thing was mystery.
1: Unbelievable. So he,
11: but at the same time, I wrote this, there's an older chassid, he's 96, he goes on to the name of the person like Weinberger. He built the chassidus with the rabbi. He literally went around on the streets collecting. He told me his own wife was having a hard time sleeping after that episode in tush because she was close to the rabbi and she was devastated. One night the rabbi called her. That means it was his wife's friends and his chassid's wife. Right. And he said it's, said who it was. It was the rebbe. I know you're having a hard time with what happened to my son. You have to know. The abad was was good. He has a plan. We don't know. What, whatever people say in these situations. But that, that bothered him that she couldn't sleep because of the Tsar. That means he was able to.
1: Unbelievable. I am just, I'm speechless. What a story. What a story. Yisrael Bester is in our studio. The book is called The Tasha Rebbe, The Life, Leadership, and Legacy of Rishul and Levi Levy You know, you left a lot of names out of this book. I don't know if Gedalia Zlatowicz guided you that way or if you made that decision. You left a lot of names, and I'll tell you what I mean. There are a lot of people who are well-known who will go to the Rebbe on a regular basis, who will travel hours and hours to, again, you know, ask about business decisions, not make a move, shidduch, etc., without his advice, without his bracha, without his guidance. And a lot of them are really well-known in the Jewish community. And frankly, I think would make the book an even better seller because of the names that could be included in the book. But a lot of them go by anonymous, I think.
11: You know, uh, Nachman, if you're a reader, so if you're writing on the New York Times front page, then you, you don't have to do paparazzi. You don't have to do name drops because spotted, seen, who else was there is, is very nice. It's a genre of literature. It sells mm-hmm. magazines and books. But it's not big or sophisticated or deep or changing anybody's life. It's just a way to fill boredom. We're selling some so, something so much bigger <laughs> than who
1: may or may not have been there. I'm
11: not paparazzi. I'm not here to. Tell I you. know, but I, I'm here
1: to. But I thought I might see a story from a very well-known Jewish philanthropist who wanted to be identified, and, and it would be an inspiring story. That oh my gosh, this man one. who's a billionaire, you know, g- goes to the Rebbe and wants spiritual guidance for his you know business interests. I thought that would be an inspiring. You know, method so, of so. A... first of all, the great part of our partnership is, I write. Now you're here talking to Clay. <laughs> so
11: feel free to share whatever it is you feel like you want to share. But it wasn't just one billionaire.
7: We're talking about a string in the Correct, '90s right.
11: that the government were describing. There's an airport called Maribel. It's unused, just right. for freight up near Tash. It was a, the landing strip was being used for private jets. About ten jets a day would land. Just people coming to Tash. We're talking about the wealthiest people from different countries mm-hmm. in the world. They were all drawn to Tash with no PR. There was no. There was no website. There's no way you can get an appointment in touch. They just knew. Right. It was their secret? Right. Feel free.
1: I, I, w- I would feel free. But because you didn't do it, I'm saying to myself, it's probably inappropriate for me to do. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a You're specific, sort of uh, my uh, Rebbe b- when it comes to I that Many people I met stuff. were talking
11: about people like Ronald Lauder, like Jay Shottenstein, right.
1: some of the greatest leaders in the Jewish world mentioned right. to me, oh, he's from Montreal. Th- is there a, a picture? I think there's a picture in here. Of him and Joseph Gross. Am I right that it was him? Very likely. I think so. I think I, I, I recognize it's very that.
11: likely. That that means uh, the the top level Jewish philanthropists. And business people, doctors, business people, politicians, they all found a way to touch.
1: Interesting. See, I would start revealing some of the names that I know, but I wanna I, I like my partnership with Dalia Zlatovitz, and maybe may be important to him. There's no reason not to. There's well, it may really... be important to him to follow these guidelines. You know, Arts Girl has certain guidelines. Do you know that? You know what I learned? I have never you know worked what I, with easier people than You I know was, what I was. learned from Gedalia Zlatowicz? I, I learned from him that if there's a word that's being translated into English that in Hebrew ends in a hey, you make sure to put an H, an A-H instead. Like mincha would be A-H, when I, a simpleton, would just write M-I-N-C-H-A. I learned that from the... Art Skrull Zlatowicz, and it's, of course, attributed to his father. He told me that was his father who did it.
11: But what you're really saying is you didn't learn how to spell Mincha. You learned that every single detail counts. That's really what Art is that,
1: teaching us, and what Art Skrull teaches us is that the H is that's also important. An under, and that's why I wonder how he views my haphazard conversation here. But, yes, I do agree with you. I, 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 <laughs> there's
11: no secrets. Again, I, I could write a book on who was in Tasha every single day, and there are other groups where this is important. They love to let you know. Right. Other, see the groups, perhaps, who was here today. Tush was the opposite, first of all, because the only fireable offense for Agabar and Tush was divulging a secret. It was all about secrecy. And they themselves didn't follow the Rebbe. The Rebbe's network was so much bigger and more vast than they could see that they themselves couldn't really put together the dots. He was running, you know, uh, the, the Heintegger Rebbe told me he goes with a cell phone, the Heintegger Rebbe, which right. is not a Rebbe should think to do. That's for sure. Um, so the Rebbe told me they told him, Rebbe, it doesn't pass. Doesn't look good. not right. becoming, doesn't look good. So he said, if my father would be alive, he would have six cell phones. That's what the I think I ever said. That means kids he could help six Jews at once. He he would have at every pocket another way to help, you know, as many Jews as possible. So secrecy was, was important. He was he was running circles around everybody else. Right.
1: Was there a fear when he died that the support, financial support for the Hasidic village people, dynasty Chesed could, could there should wane have been her? Because
11: the man was not just larger than life, he carried Tash. But uh, the rabbi promised many, many times my son is the successor. His, his son, like I said, in the rabbi books, it always says he didn't want it. They pushed him. I'm sometimes suspicious about the claim that whoever, that the leader of Rosh Hashiva didn't want it and he had to be forced to do it. Um, but this rabbi didn't want it. But right. his father pointed at him, and there are videos of him pointing, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one. So the Rebbe said, you come to him, it'll be like you come to me.
1: Right. Tush will live.
11: That, that meant everything. So the Rebbe promised.
1: So today, is it the same glory and bankruptcy that you described earlier?
11: The bankruptcy. So they're always on the verge. That's right. true.
1: They, you know, they're carrying a lot. The Rebbe helps
11: a lot. Uh, I find the glory still there. It's different. You need to have right. eyes to see. That means, I, I don't know that you're seeing, um, I'll tell you a story. It's, it very much typifies the, the current Rebbe and, and his model of leadership. I went with a group of leader leaders to Montreal mm-hmm. they, to visit him. They were making a dinner. The father, the old rabbi, every time they made a, a dinner, uh, so would, they would sell it. He would give them a Nayam Ali Melech, the rabbi of Melech, and he would bless it with his hands and he would give it to them. Mm-hmm. And they would auction it off that night at the dinner. And would go for large sums of money, the Sephardic community, a Munus Sadikim, a holy safer blessed by a holy Jew. So they asked the current rabbi, could you please do the same thing? So he looks at them. He says, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know uh, how to. I don't, I don't. I'm not my father. I'm not capable of doing that. Right. So they thought he was joking, and they thought it was false modesty. So like, haha, lol. And he's just sitting there. It's quiet in the room. A <laughs> little bit uncomfortable. He says, Can't do it. They're like, Silvupled, uh, le raben, le bened. They're like telling him in French what his father used to do. He says, Okay. So he says, uh, gives them an eye Take it to my father's tzian, and put it on the tzian for three minutes. And that's what you should do. So I went with them. They're very optimistic people, three minutes exactly. You're and a real they made, And they made a spectacular amount of money right. with that. That means he's doing it a very different way than his father. Right. He's not running to think, but he's getting to the same goal as father, right. which is helping people.
1: Right. I'll tell, I, I find it fascinating. I'll tell you later today by email what that story reminds me of. But that's a, that's a great story. I love that. Uh, and in general, when you see successors who understand, their or, or in their, it may be their, in their own point of view, because, again, their Hasidim think more highly of them, but that they understand that they're not yet at the level of their people predecessor, come to him now he says to them, "Still thank today, you so
11: much for being mechazekanu, Rabbi. It's so nice of you to come by." And, and it's this. four years later. Yeah, thank you for doing this for me. I'm new at this. Thank mm-hmm. you for your support.
1: And by the way, you're a real chassid now. I see. I mean, you're going to the tzian with the with the groups of people. You're. What would your grandfather say about this? Would he be all right with that? My grandfather Was he say, close yeah. with the Toshel Rebbe? Did he meet Somebody him? asked
11: me, "What would your grandfather say, about He was a Hungarian Rebbe. Right. My grandfather was the sure. glory of Poland. I Correct. Said, I say he would ask me one question: Mach <laughs> Then it's great. That's what that was what my grandfather would say. Exactly. I can see your grandfather <laughs> saying <laughs> that. You're making a little. Rabbi Besser's great. grandfather,
1: of course, the great Rabbi Chatzkol Besser, who uh, I proudly say was a great fan of this show. I'm proud to say.
11: <laughs> my grandfather's alive, because it still is. Mamash. And I know how she
1: Unbelievable! And you remember your aunt, or I should say, your great aunt. Right, Mrs. Uh, Elbaum. Sure. She Next was year, correct. that yeah. she was a a staunch supporter sure. of JM and the AM. Yeah. I think I think when Rabiudin spoke on Friday, nobody was allowed to call her. Like they, they knew that I was saying, at 815 Friday. Uh, uh Yisrael Besser is here. The book is called The Rebbe, the life, leadership, and legacy of Michulem Feich, a Loewy. You're watching Facebook.com/slash Single Network, and our friends at Art Scroll have done everybody who has ever heard of NSN a major favor. If you order this book today. Thursday from our friends at ArtScroll dot and you use the promo code Tush, which the new Rebbe might be more in favor of than the old Rebbe. Use the promo code Tush, T O S H. Then you are uh, eligible for free shipping on your order. And um, and Rabbi Gedali Zlotowicz, if there's anything you'd like to add, please do. I don't know if you know. I don't. I don't want to uh, give up the opportunity. If there's something you want to tell us, um, uh, Rabbi Zlotowicz reminds me, and I, I was going to bring this up. I hear that they're not letting you rest at Art Skrull Masura. They don't give you a break. This book comes out. You're probably breathing the biggest sigh of relief that Nahum Siegel finally has it in his hands, and already they've started you on a new project. They are slave drivers over there they're on 2nd Avenue in I,
11: Brooklyn. I have to mention something before you do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, just the, this epitomizes really, we talk about the success of Art Skrull. He's sitting in studio. How many people do you have? He's a Clio Srolfegger. He's sitting about three inches away from a mic. You're basically pushing it in his face, <laughs> and he's saying, no, I'm good. Right. I have nothing to say because he's so comfortable that the message is getting out there. Right. So this is exactly I his said father's you, right. model for leadership right. and his own. They're I agree with that. They make people be great, and it doesn't have to be them. They're I, to, I they, agree with that,
1: but he doesn't realize, as I said to you before to show, how happy I am because what I'd really prefer is to get him in your seat for an hour. Can not- I get to sit there, though?
6: Sure, Wait, he's if
1: you'd visit us, but you're always up north. But yes, that's my desire, okay. is that in a few weeks from now, bring him in. Oh, Maybe rush a awesome. time when all these books are floating, You know, th- people are ordering like crazy. Bring him in and get this whole full-length discussion going. On. But we'll do that at a different time can, now. I t-
11: can I give you one more tip about him? It'll take 30 seconds. Very quickly, please. He goes to Camp Monk for Shabbos. Right. That's his, he'll talk to you about that. That's his radio. vacation. That's his vacation. <laughs> uh, one Thursday night, he goes up straight from work, mm-hmm. and he's uh, refereeing a hockey game. And his wife sends you a picture. He's in his happy. We're place. talking about Gedalias Zlotowicz, G'day Zlotowicz yeah. and he's dropping a puck. Right. So I told his wife, I said, "Do not understand? He's he's doing that all week. He's the referee all week. He is Klyuchevskiy's referee. <laughs> yeah. That's now true. it's with a hockey ball in the gym, and it's always whenever I call him, he's, he
1: gets it calmly, and he's always making it work. That's funny. Because he is because referee. because I've learned that if one needs referee advice, call him. He's the He will give you good that's advice. It. So um, now they don't like. So one I, second. Yeah, I'm
11: sorry. You want this to? is? Uh, he's sitting here. He knows it's true. I came in for the summer. We come for the summer. Right. I wasn't even finished, Hash, and I wasn't ready for a new book yet. Right. The first night,
1: most came, publishers would have. A, l- let me do this, please, if you don't mind. Most publishers yeah. would have some Rachmanes on you. Most would give you a little tall time. Publisher relax. Would all have... publishers, right. all publishers, they, they'd have a little bit of sympathy. Right. They'd let you rest up. Just finished a the book. They they'd let you revel in the success of this, Rabbi Besser, that I'm showing now on Facebook Live to all your friends in Montreal. Right. They'd let you. He'd let you bask in the glory of, mm-hmm. an, of what will be a bestseller sure. in the Jewish world. Instead. What does lot of us right, do? The night I come
11: yeah. for the summer, yeah. um, it was very hard for me because I couldn't even help my wife unpack and get the kids in the right. shower, which was personally a big struggle to have to let her do that out of With her you, I believe that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says, I need to meet you tonight. Right. So we go. We met in Riverdale. And uh, well, uh, in between Ransi you know, and Buckley, he says, Holy, Rabbi Trank, I need you to do this. Because Rabbi David Trank had
1: recently passed away.
11: I had passed away like two weeks earlier. Right. I had gone to Camp Monk my whole right. life. Right so I knew Edward Trank well and appreciated it very much. But I, I wasn't ready for that, and he's like, uh, we need to do this. Right. Let's go. Now, right. Now I'm here for the summer. These are the two months where I could get an in interviews. It, w- it was like walking off a roller coaster and being pushed on right, you know, mm-hmm. onto, a, onto
1: a, mm-hmm. a new roller onto coaster. A wor- onto a harder ride. <laughs> a month later, five
11: weeks later, I have to tell you that it, it's been a joy. These last five weeks of just listening right. to stories about Edward Trank and being exposed to what he stood for, right.
1: has already changed me as a father. Okay, so now can I really put the pressure on you? And yeah. I'm, I don't think this will surprise Gedalia at all. I spoke recently, and when I mean recently, I mean in the last 48 hours, with two serious monk alumni, names that everybody in this audience are very familiar with. And they said to me, not to put pressure on you, Sir Besser. it is impossible to put together the entire portrait, the entire picture of David Trank. It's impossible to write this by. I, I am I I, I I am not jealous of the person given this assignment to but try to put Besser together.
10: can do it and will do Whoa!
1: it. Whoa! Kedalius Zolotowicz has that chimed I had to jump in. He has chimed in. He has more faith in you than some of the dedicated alumni. What do you think of that? I, I
11: appreciate it. That's what makes him him. <laughs> and what they see as impossibility is why it's going to be a great book. I mean, right. Exactly sure great. what they're calling impossible is what they mean is it's difficult to capture. It's difficult for me too. Right. But the people are very nice to me. They tell me their stories. They share, and it's coming together in a way that is. It could change the world. It could change the chinechir world, right. the parenting world, not professional,
1: because
11: everybody's really doing it.
1: I'm telling you, it changed me right.
11: on a very personal level yeah. in the last few weeks.
1: The same way that many people in the community, and I'm, I'm and I'm being totally serious about this, tried to implement some of Mayor Zlotowicz's. Um, activities and acts into absolutely. their lives after they read that book. Yep, Same absolutely. one. If they're going to read David Trank and they're going to say, oh my gosh, right, I can be doing right. so much more and I can be acting so differently. Did you do any of the uh, obituaries, any of the articles, posters, posters? I wrote a mishpacha. You did? You was know, my day job. I
11: wrote it, it was, uh, you, did, you did
1: the movie theater story or somebody else? I didn't. I didn't write the movie you know movie that story
11: or did. not? Um yeah, I'm familiar You heard about Sorry. it. Right. Sure. Gidalia actually called me. It was a Sunday. We print on Sunday, Mishbach. I said right. every tranq was just nefter. Right. We need to do something in the magazine this week. At that point, I didn't anticipate. I consider myself a pretty good judge of it's very hard to say who's gonna get coverage right. and who's not, and I'm certainly not one to decide. These things just work out. Gadalia says, um, I think you should do something over every trank. Now I said we're closing, he says, I think you should do it this week. And we we did it. I right. meant not sleeping, close Monday. And everybody did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I felt happy, first of all, that we hadn't let down our readers, and I hadn't realized myself what a story it was. And we're talking about uh, uh, a love. It's not a philosophical love in Chinuch. It's an instinctive love in Chinuch that we all have in us, and it's a way to look at people around you that can light up the
1: world. I know a Rebbe who um, has changed hundreds of lives himself in his career as a Rebbe, and uh, he said to me the other day that uh, Rabbi Trank in Adelphia basically saved him. T- totally saved them without him he would oh, by the way I could forward you his name that. if you want I But I love uh, all
11: of it. Uh, you know I, I had this is, uh, on the year. it wasn't a terrible thing but one of my children had misbehaved in a way that was disappointing to me a teenager my wife asked me uh, what are we going to do about this this was a disturbing thing that right. they had done I, she felt like we should be reacting maybe we discussed it I said I we not talk I was working mm-hmm. and I was sitting by Rizavi drank by his brother he says, my brother was always on the road. You know, you'll read him, this man was running through life between his Talmidim and his Bikr and his Mikvah and his visiting older people. He just packed in in a day, what most of us can't do in a month. Right. And he said, what did my brother do in the car a whole day? He was tone deaf, he didn't listen to music, and there was no cell phones right. in those years, you know. Um, so he wasn't a cell phone person. So what was he doing in the car? He said he was listening to tapes. What tape? One tape. Which tape? He said there was a schmooze from Matisseo Solomon, and he would listen to 30 seconds of it again, and again, the same 30 seconds. He said, by my estimate, his brother said it was over a thousand times. The same 30 seconds. What was it? it was Ramatisio saying in a schmooze, what do you want from your children when you were their age, you did the exact same things. And then again, rewind. What do you want from your children when you were their age, you did the exact same things. And he would review this again and again. And I heard this from his brother, and I worked out and I called my wife. I was like, goodness <laughs> gracious, I did not the similar. <laughs> the exact same thing that's bothering me. I did precisely the same thing, except worse. What do you want from the children? I was like, holy, now, we could have all thought of that. Yep. 25 seconds ago, you knew this also. But I Trank listened to it a thousand times, and he saw children in that way. He saw them as the adults they would become, the mm-hmm. successful adults they would
1: You've uh, you've told Gedalia it that this manuscript will be ready when, and when between me and you will really oh, be ready. Oh,
11: Gedalia tells me when it's going to be ready. <laughs> oh, yeah? I don't tell no, him. He said he he the date. He tells me when it's going to be ready. So what's our target? He would very much like it for the outside. That's always a very moving time, which is a difficult, difficult Is passage. it June? It's June. It's less than a year. Right. It's got to be in the manuscript. has got to be right. in sometime after Pesach.
1: So basically, in the next couple of years, you'll have the, it done. This, <laughs>
11: actually, we haven't missed a deadline. I know. That's true, way, by the way, right? You way.
1: really didn't miss a deadline.
11: Should, should continue to help us. Sometimes it's two others it's a little easier this year. <laughs> That's true. It's a struggle,
1: you know. but And this will be your focus. You'll still be able to write for the magazine, right? Yeah. But yeah, this will yeah. be your yeah, main look, I mean, focus for next year. Exactly. You will be in Camp Monk in your head for the next 12 months, basically. <laughs> I'm in Camp
11: Monk in my head. Anyhow, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Track, <laughs> Whether I'm a trucker or not. It's
1: nice that he gave me the opportunity <laughs> to do it as a job. I love it. Uh, Rabbi Messer, always have a blast with you. Always. This is Fun. It is great. Uh, congratulations. Thank you very much, and I hope you'll invite me back when whenever is in this chair, just to watch. Yeah, I don't think you'll actually show up, but uh, you can maybe watch it on Facebook Live, you know. I'm here you here know how leadership. hard it is to get you in studio and you're always spending your time in the Montreal area? It's very difficult. I took great advantage of the fact that Gadalia said today, we can get you in here.
11: I appreciate you having me. It's always fun.
1: It's always wonderful. The Tasha Rebbe, the life, leadership, and legacy of Rameshulam Faish Halevi Loe, written by Yisrael Besser. Go to artscroll.com, use the Promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, for your free shipping. Again, go to artscroll.com. use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H, for your free shipping. I apologize I didn't get the comments from the app or from Facebook Live because we were so focused on our conversation, but I'm sure a lot of people out there have, in fact, reacted to this conversation. And again, I thank you for being here. Rabbi Yisrael besser And our next trip up north, we're going to come visit you, and both in Montreal, and then we'll travel together to Tush. Could you? Do you have any uh, any special connection? Like, if we show up, who get in right away, or it doesn't work that way up at Tush? <laughs> you, you connections. Not oh, you, you, these oh, you, connections. think it's me. You, you think have it's so me? many friends, <laughs> It'll be fun. I don't know. We're gonna to have to speak about this in advance. I don't. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to drive up there and have to wait around three hours. Very right, best. you know that. We're on it. And you did point out earlier that in Tush, everybody's on equal playing field. You know, there's no, there's no uh, extra favors that are being done for anybody. So we'll have, we'll have to speak about this in depth before the visit. All right. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM and the AM. Yeah. J.M. the M. with David Lowy, Thursday morning. <clears throat> Don't forget, tomorrow, uh, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning here at J.M. and the a. M. with a weekly update. Lindsey Van Dyke is with us live via telephone. Lindsey is an award-winning producer covering national feature stories for Vice News Tonight, the most Emmy-nominated nightly news program two years in a row. She has produced uh, award-winning and Emmy-nominated specials, including Zero Tolerance, back in June of 2018, providing viewers with an unflinching insight into one Guatemalan family's grueling policy. Van Dyke's also produced extensively on the intersection of race and economic background with education and gaps in the U.S. healthcare care system. Uh, she's with us live via telephone because, as of yesterday, uh, it has ma- been made available on the, um, on the Vice News uh, YouTube channel, I believe other venues as well. We'll find out in a second. Uh, A story uh, entitled, on YouTube at least it's entitled, Jewish divorces are so complex women are protesting outside their husband's home. Lindsay, welcome to JM and the AM.
12: Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking about the story that we did.
1: I appreciate that very much. Well, I watched the video, the news report, and uh, found it intriguing. When did you first uh, start getting interested in the topic of agunot? (laughs)
12: <laughs> um so it's actually kind of a funny story um basically I live and work in Williamsburg um vice's offices in Williamsburg and um one day I was just walking home from work and I noticed these flyers like there was a couple on the sidewalk that had kind of been blown around and um some cars and I just like I was Like, oh, what's this? Kind of thinking maybe it was just like a pizza, you know, advertisement yeah. or something. Um, but then I read it, and basically, it was a flyer from Aura, uh, talking about a get refuser that lived on my street. And it had a picture of him and sort of details about, uh, you know, like the, the particular case. And I was like, I had no idea what that meant, any of. Like, I was just like, what does this mean? Like, it was like, you know, uh, but it had like big capital letters and it sort of seemed very urgent. And so I just figured, well, I'm just going to call this organization uh, tomorrow and just kind of like understand more about what this is. Um, and so then that kind of ultimately led um, me um, and then uh, my colleague, Jacqueline Scurry, who uh, also produced the the piece with me, um, on like a you know year kind of like journey to try to tell a story about this. Um, we I, I found it about a, over a year ago now, so that's kind of how long it's taken to put this story together. You
1: have ne- you had never heard of the word get get before that flyer, right?
12: No, I had never I had never heard of it. I didn't know about it. I didn't know that it was a thing and um, but like I said it, I found it and I, I just thought it was so interesting. Um, and so I, I just it compelled me to, to call aura and then learn more.
1: Lindsay Van Dyke is with us. The 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 news report that we saw, the special that you produced, um, I, I mean it essentially takes it it, it takes one woman's plight, uh, being in Aguna, uh, being in these, you know, spiritual chains, if you will. And uh, and and walks us through the process with the organization, and then eventually the protest, and eventually, you know, getting the get and her celebration. Now, it, did you just luck out? Were you following? <laughs> were you following one person who, thank God, you know, had some resolution to this situation, or were you filming a lot of people in different stories and you know decided to produce the best one?
12: Yeah. No. Um. So Jacqueline and I. I mean, I've spoke. We've spoken to probably half a dozen Aguna right now, uh, up until now, and we um, are interested in also continuing to speak to other Aguna because Jill's story is very unique and, of course, has an happy ending, which is great, but, of course, there are a ton of other women out there that are not, you know, still don't have their get, and so we're still definitely interested in, like, telling those stories. But for this particular piece, you know, something that is difficult with like documentary filmmaking is trying to find stories that feel active and in the present and so when we got connected with jill she was so open um to us kind of sharing her story because especially at that point she had waited so many years um to try to get her get and so she really was just like well i want to you know create awareness like i don't mind um you know, you guys kind of following me along whatever I do next. And so it just happened to coincide with the, when we started filming with her, I think it was like a month or two later Aura had planned to go to Florida um, for the rally and in front of her, um, ex-husband's home. And so that presented a really strong opportunity for us to have like something we could film that was very active, um, and would take like the viewer, you know, like on a journey to kind of experience, um, what this looks like. And so, um, obviously, you know, I was just as surprised as Aura. I mean, and everybody that he ended up giving the get. I I was like, none of us expected that to happen. That was just like a totally insane thing, Um, I think, because as Aura said in the piece as well, like rallies and protests, like they don't always work. As I think Keshet said in the piece, she said that, you know, they um, can change kind of the status quo and like maybe start conversations again, but they don't always just like immediately deliver something like that, you know, as quickly as it had happened. So we were just like, whoa. Um, And so then from a storytelling perspective, it's like you have a beginning, middle, and end. And so it felt right to kind of, especially for folks um, who had never heard of this before, felt like a a nice kind of introductory way to kind of get people into, um, you know, what this is and, you know, tactics people are using to try to um, get themselves the get- well if they can't get it through other means
1: well story wise it certainly worked out well uh when did this first air what's the relationship between vice and hbo
12: um it aired last night um so it just aired um so vice news tonight has a show on hbo uh tuesday through friday at 7:30 p.m. um and then as you saw it also goes on youtube and um it'll go on facebook and all the you know social media's so um, yeah,
1: is there any way to tell immediate reaction to it? Like, do we know what people thought overnight about the piece?
12: I mean, I can tell anecdotally from just people reaching out, um, and the people that were in the piece, they all seem to like it. So, that's usually the most important thing to me. You know, just wanting to, like, uh, hopefully, you know, with stories like this, where especially people, you know, like Jill, who's so, um, open with us right yeah you know, she, she, something she, that's so personal i really so she liked it um which makes me happy. Yeah, than she as was, far as everybody else oh go ahead sorry yeah she
1: was certainly a good subject i mean there's no question that uh, i mean I, I use the word luck i know it's not that but i'm just saying that she was she was a really good subject and, and obviously this could help change the conversation on the entire issue were you amazed by the grassroots effort that so many and and when you think about it, it's hundreds at the rally. It's plenty of people in the mm-hmm. Ora office. Were you amazed at the grassroots effort that so many people were really were willing to undertake in order to help one or many women?
12: Um. Yes. I it's impressive. I, so the, we yeah. I mean, we so basically, Jacqueline Scurry um, was was with Jill in New York on the day of the protest, filming with her, and I was in Florida at the rally. Um, And when the bus of the high school students – or the two buses of the high school students arrived, I was just like, wow. Um, And I think it was just like a testament to me just like how close people are in the community and how they support each other in like these these hard times. And so, yeah, I was totally – um, blown away by that, that turnout, especially because they traveled across state lines. Like, you know, they're, they're ba- aura is based in New York, Jill, you know, is based in New York. And so you would think maybe, you know, there'd be a bigger turnout in New York, but clearly, you know, there was a ton of people at that protest. And I would remember being like, really blown away by by how many people ended up coming out for her.
1: Well, if I- uh, Lindsay Van Dyke's with us. I found it very interesting. Is Is YouTube the best way to view it, is that the easiest way for our listeners this morning to access it?
12: Yeah, I would say so. You know, it's free. Um, you know, you can just pull it up. And of course, folks who have HBO, you know, you just, it's actually right. It's on the first, it's like the picture of Jill is on the Vice News tonight. Oh, that's um, easy enough. So it's, you know, there's, but YouTube, you know, everybody has them. They can quickly, can uh, just type it in and, and go there. So, you know. Uh,
1: For those who are on YouTube, uh, I'll give you the official title that's sitting in front of me so that when you search, you'll uh, have more of a chance of getting to it ASAP. It's called Jewish Divorces Are So Complex, Women Are Protesting Outside Their Husband's Home. and Obviously, it's on Vice News. They have a channel. You can subscribe to it. And as Lindsay said to those of you who are uh, with HBO, um, you'll see it prominently on their uh, on their homepage as well, and you'll be able to see it uh, via that method. Well, I think stories like yours do help um, encourage conversation and activity regarding this very important issue. So for that alone, I could say congratulations, but it's a great piece. and uh, from a uh, from a news and a feature standpoint, you did a great job with it. So I thank you very much for joining us, and congratulations.
12: Cool. Well, thank you so much again for having me on, and uh, appreciate the kind words, and uh, yeah, thank you.
1: appreciate you joining us. Uh, Jewish divorces are so complex. Women are protesting outside their husbands' homes. Check out Vice News. You can subscribe to it on YouTube. And, of course, it was a piece, a uh, report done uh, last night. Uh, as part of uh, HBO's Vice News. Thursday mornings, we start wrapping things up here at JM in the AM. I uh, want to wish a mazel tov to those who are finishing Maseches Tamura and moving on to Maseches Krisus as Dafyomi continues to go to the finish line. That's happening, of course, in January. Uh, the Tushareba book is out. We spent a great deal of time with Rabbi Yisroel Besser in studio this morning here at JM in the AM. I hope you had a chance to check out the Facebook live video, facebook.com slash Siegel Network. Uh, whether you did or didn't, you have an opportunity to see it today, certainly, and, of course, to check out the archive section on our website and on our app. And I remind you that our friends at Artscroll.com are offering a, a free shipping promo code. Use the promo code TUSH, T-O-S-H. Again, that's T-O-S-H. And if you use that promo code, you'll uh, save on shipping. It'll be free shipping for the book about the Tashareba written by Israel Besser. Go to Artscroll.com. Use the promo code Tash. Uh, Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world the web at on the NachumSigl Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSNF. Wraps up a Thursday for us here at JM and the AM. Regular lineup coming up, plus at 11 o'clock live lunch between 11 and 1. Throwback Thursday at 1 o'clock. And don't forget tonight's Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That is happening tonight, beginning at 7 p.m. with repeats or encore presentations at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow, our weekly update starts at 7:40 with Malcolm Honline Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. So my thanks, to I Bester. My thanks, to Rabbi Zlotowitz. And my thanks to all of you for tuning in. Big thank you to Yoni Pollack, our videographer for Facebook Live this morning. And have a wonderful Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.